I'm Mark V. Smith, author of The Process, and thank you for joining me today for a new message in my series, The Process. You know, if, this is, if you've missed any of the acronyms or messages in this or any of the prior series, which was The Foundation, The Perfect Storm, Where Do We Go From Here, Why Not Me, Procrastination and Thief of Time. They all can be heard on, on several streaming outlets, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes, and others. Please search for Mark Smith, The Process, to, to revisit or to listen to these messages for the very first time. One of the things that I wanted to make sure I'm clear on talking about in 2022 is what does legacy-changing actions in 22 look like? What does it look like in our future? But in doing so, let me remind you of the goal or mission statement of this series. You ready? Write this down. In my life, I've learned not only who I am, but what I am. This allows me to understand the why in my process and to accept the blessings received to say, if I only knew then what I know now. Hope you wrote that down. Now, I started this series off with revisiting a gathering, a festive event full of laughter and love. It was about two friends who both had internal turmoil that only time could shake. <laughs> Sound like anyone else I know? That definitely was me before. But it's important to tell their story because our thoughts sometimes become the leader or the catalyst of our actions. Life is what I talked about. Letting go of inferior feelings we express, which is proven to be essential in the process of grasping, if I only knew then, what I know now. When I was growing up, there was always indicators of opportunities to change the behaviors that I was exhibiting. Each of those opportunities helped shape me to the man I am today. But there was one that could be defined as a major catalyst for me to really talk about, if I only knew then what I know now. If you dial back and listen to some of the, the prior messages, you know that I've mentioned before the many times that I spent the summers in North Carolina with my grandparents. <laughs> well, guess what? I guess you could call that a, a, a parent's vacation as well. But there was a specific Greyhound trip that was filled with adventure, mischief, terror, as well as happiness. Yes, right. Yes, I said Greyhound, the long lost method of travel. Now, you must imagine that several years ago, this was the most economical way to see loved ones all across the country. What do you do? You hop on a bus. You may or may not get off at a stop for a few moments to grab a bite to eat. You know, for me, I always had a bologna sandwich or a ham sandwich, a bag of Mike's Sells potato chips and a few cookies packed. But the bus would pick up a few more passengers en route to a destination, then was back on the road to the destination of Statesville, North Carolina. But there was one memorable trip when I was about 14 years old that encompassed those things that I mentioned above. Adventure, mischief, terror, and happiness. That has been instrumental in my life and it speaks to the soul of what I'm talking about in this, this series, if I only knew then what I know now. And for me, it was a series of events that I learned in life that makes sense to me and totally makes sense to me in my life today. Learned. 
Listening every day activates responsibility we all need. I hope you brought extra sandwiches and a soda as well because this is going to be an amazing trip today. Let's start with the L and learned, which is listening. On this morning in July, my mother got me and my little cousin up extra early with the smell of bacon, some fried potatoes, and eggs roaring through the entire house. You know, even though my room was in the basement, the hearty smell liked it was, uh, how I want to say this, thrust in the air and poking me in the back to say, <laughs> are you ready? Maurice, my younger cousin, had spent the night and had already gone upstairs and uh, was on his second plate of breakfast. His mother and my mother are sisters. So when it was time to go visit our grandparents, both of us took that trip. Like I said earlier, our parents could say that was their vacation as well. Maurice was several years uh, younger and was like my little brother. You know, the ones that want to tell on everything you do. <laughs> but anyway, that's a whole nother story. As we finished breakfast, I remember going back downstairs and finishing that last bit of packing for the month-long visit. My Uncle Treddy, who was, who was Maurice's dad, came over to visit before we left and called us outside to remind us of the, of the expectations regarding our behavior. Now, as I was walking out, I'm thinking we're going to hear the traditional conversation. You know, don't swear. You, you better not fight. Don't talk back to your grandparents. Obey when you're told something. Respect your elders. Those types of conversations that you knew were coming. But what he did was quite the opposite. He grabbed two $5 bills out of his wallet, placed one in each of our hands. <laughs> well, thinking this was the most amazing gesture he could do for us, he then lifted our heads and said, read what I wrote on the back. Written it in a red marker was something that was profound. It said, listening will allow me to learn something. Author Dean Jackson once wrote, listening is the art that requires attention over talent, spirit over ego, others over self. How many times in our lives have we truly failed to listen to what others are saying? To even compound more, I've been guilty of drawing my own conclusions of what someone has said versus really listening to what is being said. I'm sure each of us has been guilty of the biggest communication problem, which is we don't listen to understand. Sometimes we listen to reply. Now, as a 14-year-old boy, I had no knowledge of what he was trying to say. But as my father told me years, years, years later, it's not if you get it, son, but when you get it. Mm. If I only knew then what I know now. So as the clock uh, began approaching 2.30 p.m., Maurice and I um, said, we'll see you later to, to my uncle. And we got in the car with my parents and headed to the Greyhound bus station, downtown Columbus, Ohio. It was amazing to, to get down there. That ride was, was full of, of love, laughter, but also some, some definitely things that we were, needed to reflect on. But I'm glad we didn't have traffic on the way because the bus... <laughs> the bus was uh, uh, almost ready to go when we, when, once we arrived. But I did have time to run in for them to check our tickets and, oh, and grab two candy bars. When I approached the counter to pay for them, they rang up at $1.95. 
Now, reaching in my bag, I pulled out a, that, the $5 bill. Coincidentally, that was a $5 bill Uncle Treddy gave me and paid for the candy. But one thing that I would know is that later I would learn that life truly always circles back around. So I hugged my mother and my father, grabbed Maurice's hand, and took our seats on the bus. North Carolina, here we come. Let's move to the E in learned, which is every day. Our bus ride was scheduled for 13 and a half hours. So having something to do was going to be needed not only to entertain me, but entertain Maurice, who again was several years younger than me. During that time, cell phones were the size of a book, and handheld games were only for those who really had money. So we had a deck of cards, a checkerboard, a couple packs of paper and pencils to play tic-tac-toe. About an hour into the trip, we stopped in Chillicothe, Ohio to pick up additional passengers when we decided to get off the bus and just take a look around. Well, while in the, in the bus depot, I decided to visit the gift shop to see if they had anything that would help entertain me. Now, keep in mind, not only did we have another 12 hours to go until we got to North Carolina, but we still had another 13 and a half hours a month later for this return trip. So as I went to the back of the gift shop, I saw a sign that caused me to freeze in my tracks. It read, every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. Think about that statement again. Every day may not be good, but there is something good in every day. So how we view the present is under our control. And the message that we learn from this is up to us. I've chronicled so many times in my writings within the process how life's journey didn't make sense to me then. But in the right time, clarity was released and it really came down to how I used to think. In retrospect, clarity was there the whole time. <laughs> I just chose not to see it. Well, as I paid for that 5 by 7 poster and collected my change, I turned to look for my little cousin and he was not there. Panic immediately came over my body and I began to call his name louder and louder. One of the gentlemen who was on the bus as well came to me and asked me what was wrong. He quickly got the attention of a security officer and then a police officer who joined into the search. Looking in every part of the bus depot, something told me to check the bus. Just check the bus to see if he might be there. <laughs> well, when I arrived, the bus driver opened the door. And there sat Maurice in the driver's seat with a greyhound hat on. Mad as hell, I asked him why did he leave the gift shop without telling me. He looked back at me and asked why did you let go of my hand and allow me to leave the gift shop. Messages are all around us every day for us to harness and to grow from. Too many times we stay fixated on a portion of something instead of the entire element. Knowing that he was truly right in what he said, I took his hand and returned to our seats on the bus. <laughs> but the more and more I thought about his comment back to me, the more it made me mad. And that's because he truly was right. See, I had gotten lazy and comfortable in thinking nothing could ever happen. Albert Einstein once said, you can never be too smart 
to knowing everything. Every day you learn new things through events that transpire daily in your life. Man, <laughs> this has proven to be so true in what I've learned in life. So I've already tackled the L. I've tackled the E. Let's move to the A and learned, which is activates. Continuing towards our grandparents, even at 14 years old, I was feeling <laughs> some sort of way after what happened. Although I know if um, it could have been so much worse, I admittedly was all in my feelings. One of embarrassment, feeling that everyone on the bus was looking at me as a reckless, non-responsible young man. Wondering why my parents wouldn't trust me with a younger family member all alone. Isn't this how some of us have felt in the past when we worry about what others might think of us? I know a few times in my adult years, I felt in the same place in the workplace after making a mistake. But I truly realized at some point, the realization that you need to get over it and grow forward is a must. It's a must to win the battle that's always a wage of war within your head. Because mistakes happen. Everyone has taken their eye off the prize and gotten comfortable. Everyone has had a chance to learn from it to get better every day. Which is what I needed to do on that bus. So as Maurice curled up and went to sleep in the chair next to me, I stared out of the window trying to let go of what happened at that last stop. Funny thing that I will always remember while looking out of life's windows. And it's either we are going to vegetate and look out the window. Or we're going to activate and try to affect change. I said, are we going to vegetate and look out the window? Or are we going to activate and try to affect change? Only way you can do that is answer that question. If I only knew then what I know now. Something else I learned from this trip over 45 years ago is that avoiding your triggers isn't healing or growing. Healing happens when you're triggered and you can move through the pain, the embarrassment, the pattern, and the story. This has allowed me to activate my peace of mind in a way that is always creates different endings. So about a, uh, let's see, after about an hour nap, Maurice woke up and wanted to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and you're right. I got up and went back there with him. <laughs> no sooner than we got back to our seats. Guess what? The bus came to its second stop, which is Huntington, West Virginia. He wanted to get off the bus and look around again. But knowing what I know, <laughs> that was not going to happen until later on in our trip. So we just covered the A and learned. Let's move to the R, which is responsibility. Prior to this bus ride, I, um, I had been trusted by family and friends to do a multitude of things that I believe put me on a path of being responsible. There's a litany of examples to illustrate that fact, but this one I'm describing changed my meaning of responsibility. While both of us magically dozed off while, while waiting on the bus to take off, we were awakened by a loud crack of thunder, one that shook the bus. Matter of fact, I, I think if anyone was asleep, it woke them up too. 
as the impending storm was getting worse and worse by the mile. I remember the look of fear in my little cousin's eyes as chaos began to occur on the bus. Parents and their children alike were visibly becoming concerned about the weather or not the bus driver should pull over and wait this storm out or push through the storm. The stress of the passengers had gotten so bad, they were cursing at the bus driver, demanding him to pull over. <laughs> A true quagmire of life. Think about it. We have all had the choice to pull over in our storms or push through with the belief of knowing we're going to come out of it better. <clears throat> I know we all have. Even at 14 years old, I knew this wasn't right which was attacking the driver. And it was my responsibility to do or say something to help calm as many people as possible. I thought of something that my grandfather once told me on the way to church that still holds credence in my life today. He told me, when bad things happen, resist the urge to blame others. Instead, find something you can do yourself to fix the problem. <laughs> With that being the case, I thought about it and I started singing a classic song from B.J. Thomas. Everybody knows it. Raindrops keep falling on my head. <laughs> Funny thing happened. Everyone began to join in. And coincidentally, the bus driver regained his confidence as it appeared the storm abruptly stopped. At least the storm on the bus did for that moment. What else I learned from a wise man, my grandfather, well, something that I refer to daily, that is everything we do is based on the choices we make. It's not our parents or past relationships. It's not the job or the economy. It's not the weather or an argument or even your age that is to blame. You and only you are responsible for every decision and choice you make, period. My decision to supervise Monitor and take responsibility of Maurice was just that. And I was not going to let him get scared nor leave him again. I was going to be responsible. One of the things that I'm so appreciative of is that trip and everything that happened. And it's preparation for what was to come in the rest of my life. To win and succeed in life, responsibility is so important. This is a part of being an adult. And learning how to be responsible for everything. Let me close out the um, this acronym with the last part. We all need. After an eventful trip thus far, <laughs> we were exhausted. A long nap was so well needed. Although I dozed off for a few hours, I kept waking up to check on Maurice, who was snoring, and to stay alert of our surroundings. See, truth be told, I was kind of scared of being in this environment with people who have um, already shown that they can get rowdy. You know, you recall I just talked about them yelling at the bus driver during the storm. As the sun um, began to come up, I was getting more and more anxious to see my grandparents. It had been a year since I had a chance to visit and I knew it was going to it was going to um, we were going to get into all kinds of mischief at their house. Their house wasn't very big, but it was full of something we all need. And that's love. I recall something my mother said to me once. She said, 
love is when the, the other person's happiness is more important than your own. This surely was never more apparent than in the lives of John and Ophelia Nichols, my grandparents. So as we were continuing on our path, around 8 o'clock in the morning, the bus stop in a small town just across the Virginia and North Carolina border called Gatesville, North Carolina. I woke up Maurice and told him that we were going to get off, go wash our faces and brush our teeth and potentially get some breakfast. Begrudgingly, he got up and followed me off the bus into the bus depot. It seemed like everyone had the same idea of, re of refreshing in the restroom and it was a line to find a free sink. Waiting, <laughs> waiting, and as you know, it wasn't a strong suit of mine. But then there has to be the consistent area of growth for me today, which is waiting. As I really understand, if I only knew then what I know now, it wasn't about overcoming the lack of patience or waiting. It was about something that we all need, and that is the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting and exercising patience. Finally, as the sink became available, it was only fitting that there was no warm water, just water that was ice cold. Well, trying not to show my frustration from waiting, the cold water, and being hungry, I washed our faces quickly so we could brush our teeth and get out of the restroom. As we started walking uh, toward the restaurant to get something to eat, I noticed everyone moving abruptly back toward the bus. Now, at this stage of my life, being a product of impatience, we ran back toward the bus as well and figured <laughs> there was nothing wrong with having a bologna sandwich for breakfast. It seemed no sooner than we took our seats, the bus driver closed the door and pulled, pulled out of Gatesville, North Carolina. It was later discovered that the bus driver, for some reason, made an unauthorized stop. And more importantly, it was reported of several cases of racial tension in the past. So, with less than two hours left in our ride, as you can imagine, I was so sleepy, but so excited, too excited to close my eyes. One thing that was for sure is that we were almost there making this first leg of our, our summer trip to almost being a success. Success. What is the meaning of that? In this case, arriving safe in a good health and determining factor of defining success. However, success in life has many different meanings to everyone. And you know, you've heard me say before, as I grow wiser, not older, I believe success is simple if you want it to be. All we need is a willingness to challenge assumptions and re-examine old ideas and beliefs to recognize opportunities we missed. It requires a subtle shift in our perspective, one that begins when we ask, what if, rather than simply looking in our mirror or declaring what it is. It's a tiny shift that enables us to focus on solutions rather than dwelling on problems. See, there are layers embedded within messages that I've learned on success. We're there. As the bus pulled into the small station in Statesville, North Carolina, I started looking for an older model Toyota pickup truck. Yep, it was there. And when the bus came to a complete stop, a gentleman wearing blue overalls got out the truck wearing, with a baseball cap on as well and a Paul Mall cigarette hanging out of his mouth. 
<laughs> that was my grandfather. He greeted us with a big bear hug, two oatmeal cookies, and a bottle of chair wine soda. Before we left the parking lot, I asked him to let me run in and buy a souvenir, something to share of my adventure. While in the gift shop, I was looking for something unique, something I could potentially say nobody back home has seen this before. After looking and looking, <laughs> there it was. I found a Metalark Lemon high school basketball jersey. Now, that name doesn't sound familiar. He was one of the most famous Harlem Globetrotters to ever wear that uniform. Feeling very proud of my find, I proceeded to the cash register to pay for it. However, the jersey turned out to be <laughs> very valuable, but only totaled $12.87. With pride, <laughs> I reached in my wallet and pulled out a $20 bill and waited for my change. Watching the cash cashier, she seemed to be fumbling to get change and told me she would be right back. So when she returned, she asked me how did I want my change, in dollar bills or with the $5 bill included. I just smiled politely and said a five would be fine, and she smiled back. She proceeded to give me my change as I placed the jersey in the bag to get ready to walk out of the bus depot. When I climbed into the truck, my grandfather asked me what did I buy? With a boastful look, I pulled out the Metal Art Lemon jersey and held it up against my chest. I told him I even got $7 change back and opened my wallet to show him. I counted out the two $1 bills and just stared at that $5 bill. He asked what was wrong. I just looked speechless. He asked again if something was wrong with the $5 bill. I said no sir and I put it away. See that $5 bill had writing on the back. It said listening will allow me to learn something. Could this have been the same $5 bill I used to pay for candy in Ohio? One will never know. But we do know one thing is for sure, is that listening every day activates responsibility we all need. Let me close with another impactful short message that I hope will uh, really resonate with you as you go through this week, as you go through this month, and as you go through this year. I recently had dinner with someone who told me that um, one of his best friends had been killed in a, in a private plane crash. Something happened at the service that he'll never forget. At the memorial service, his friend's wife walked to the podium to speak to the mourners. She said a friend had asked her uh, the best memory she had of their life together. Now, she had been too uh, grief-stricken to answer. But she thought about it since she wanted to answer the question. They were in their late 50s when he died, and she began talking about the time in their lives almost 20 years earlier. She had quit her job to attain her master's degree, and her husband never wavered in his support. He held down his own job and did the cooking, cleaning, and household chores while she studied for her degree. One time, they both stayed up all night. She was finishing her thesis and he was preparing for an important business meeting. That morning, as she walked out of their loft, she looked at him over the railing and just thought about how much she loved him. She knew how important this meeting was to his career and she was feeling guilty that she didn't even have the time to make his breakfast. He grabbed his briefcase and hurried out. She heard the garage door open and close, 
but much to her surprise, she heard it open again 30 seconds later. From above, she watched her husband dash into the house and walk over to the neglected coffee table. Tracing his fingers through the dust, he wrote the words, I love you. Then he raced back to his car. The new widow then looked out at her audience and said, John and I had a wonderful life together. We've been around the world several times. We'd have everything money could buy, but nothing comes close to that moment. Our lives move within lightning speed. It feels like yesterday that I graduated from college. Now, 25 years have passed. Although I'm very proud of my business accomplishments in the end, my life comes back to, to loving and being loved. This story is about a husband's random act of love that reminds that the smallest things can make the biggest difference that are learned. It reminds me to do the little things for the people I love to show them how much they mean to me because I truly believe if I only knew then what I know now. Each trip we take is designed to teach us something in life. The memories we should cherish also the opportunities for listening every day that activates responsibility we all need. Let me give you a reminder of something that is important uh, to keep in mind. And I said at the very beginning, in my life, I've learned not only who I am, but what I am. This allows me to understand the why in my process and to accept the blessings received to say, if I only knew then what I know now. Who else? Who else in your circle is on the proverbial greyhound? Traveling down life's roads who needs a reminder that it's okay to experience what it takes to learn. Each event has a mission, has a purpose to take them to the next level in their life. If we really believe that we are to learn from our quest, then share it with them. Help them settle within. Sometimes we make choices in life not from what we have learned but based on incomplete knowledge and limited experience. It's never, never too late to give the general reminder of something that is so important. And that is, your why will always be greater than your situation, which is part of your process. To my wife, Tasha, to my mom, Mama Sarah, I love each of you very much and thank you again for your continued support. To, to our children, our grandchildren, Poppy and Omar love you and we hope to see you soon. I want you to take time, each of you, to take time to reflect the power and resolve of saying, if I only knew then what I know now. Because change truly begins and ends within to ensure we embark on the actions that are concurrent with legacy changing actions in 2022. God bless you. Stay safe. And I will speak with you soon.